Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to AEW's Year in Review. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamfler and Michael Sidgwick to review AEW's Year. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we review AEW Dynamite, AEW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to talk about our favorite moments of AEW's year. We're doing it with this with WWE's main roster and with NXT, of course. And it's really good vibes only um, because we're trying to be positive. Is it? Uh, close out of the year. Um, Sidge, yeah, sticking with the good vibes for a year that has... Let's be honest, been mixed for AEW. They still have had some sensational matches and moments. Yes, absolutely. It would be remiss of me. I know you've got this rule, but uh, I'm going to change it. <laughs> you can't mention AEW's year in 2023 without talking about the fact that the decline yeah. has started, the rot has set in, the vision has been diluted, mistakes have been made. A lot of the fan base has been alienated. The product has flattened and frozen over a little bit. But, mm-hmm. however, like, this promotion is still capable of the highest of highs, even during a lull. It's like it's still fighting for you to have perspective on what an amazing thing AEW is, can be, has been, and even just represents Every now and then, throughout a phenomenally uneven year, where it was either seminal, piss poor, or all too often, unforgivably, a bit bland, a bit dry, a bit familiar, like you can still get absolute genius brilliance from this promotion. It's if it's fighting to tell you, like, be grateful for this, have some perspective. Mm. We are recording this... Um, in the wake of that Dave Meltzer tweet, who knows when this gets released, um, what he was talking about, <laughs> how dire it is. Um, he basically tweeted, if you've forgotten or if nothing's come of it since, or if, you know, the world's on fire. <laughs> let's just say, I'm paraphrasing, let's just say things are changing big. CM Punk has a lot to do with this, and people connected some dots between a certain um, Warner 
COO or whatever he is, Zaslov, mm. calling him one Bill Phil, and he likes CM Punk, obviously, and does that mean, Jesus Christ, Raw's going to TBS? We don't know. We do not know. But there's not just that. There are the, you know, low attendances, mm-hmm. these flatter crowds, this lack of the spark. Never, ever lose sight or lose perspective on how special this promotion yeah. is. This promotion every now and then throughout 2023, and we'll get there, I will go balls deep in my praise. <laughs> like, Tony Khan is a unicorn. They say never say never in wrestling, and we've been reminded of that in 2023. Vince McMahon, time of recording, seemingly gone forever. His big coup didn't work. Triple H has been selected. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon's gone forever. Doesn't even own WWE anymore. CM Punk has gone back to WWE. Even in this, well, never does actually mean never era. You will never. The never and never say never. The real never and never say never isn't Punk. It isn't McMahon. It isn't anything. You will never get a billionaire son mm. who likes Mid-South Wrestling, tape-traded, went to ECW shows, and got a TV deal for wrestling, which historically, by the advertising industry, mm-hmm. has been regarded. You, 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 thick idiots <laughs> who cannot afford to purchase the lovely wares hawked by advertisers because you are low-income morons. That's what the TV, TV yeah. industry mm-hmm. thinks of you. This is, never lose sight of this, this ends, you f- basically. <laughs> <laughs> and every now and then, there's just something that's happened in this promotion where I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm looking at the face of God here. Mm. And there are just countless seminal moments, Hamlet. Give us a couple before I just plow ahead and like, let you talk. Well, matches and like, Sid will have a list as long as his arm, but even like just the ones off the, like, CM Punk versus Mojo at Wembley, like an all-time favourite. House Black defend the trios titles against CMFTR. Satoshi Kojima versus CM Punk. Just classic matches. <laughs> top, top my dome, right? Such you were obnoxious enough on the Fed one. Tell me when I'm telling lies, Sitch. Uh, good promo, that. No, I'll stop being a dick now. Like, it is still, I think, the match quality promotion. Of course it is. For a brand of wrestling fan that, he, like, the AW exists for. Mm. There we go. Like, I think the lack of crowd heat in too many of these matches is affecting the like the overall average of an AEW show now in the way that it never used to when it was just a hot product. Like the hot crowds elevated mid-matches into something more special. But uh, if you take AEW at its very, very best in 2023, it is still the alternative. It's still the challenger brand. It is still promoting matches that people, it doesn't matter if I don't think this, that will still consider the match of the year the, with the best wrestlers in the world. There's a wrestling show and there's a sports entertainment show still. The sports entertainment show is vastly outperforming the wrestling show in a kind of a thing a lot of us wouldn't have seen. I'm, from <laughs> no, the business no, point no, of view, no. it's something a lot of us wouldn't have foreseen to the, the mm. gap. The way the gap has opened up is something I don't think anybody would have forecast. But the wrestling show is still performing well enough that on its best day, it is everything the mm. wrestling fan could want or ask for. Away from WWE, it is still it is still serving its purpose, even if it doesn't always look like it is. And that's so important to know, even in even in the bad weeks, even with the clouds, the WBD rumors, everything like that. Like even like we're recording this in the middle of the Continental Classic, and that at its core is still something 
WWE wouldn't or couldn't do. No. And there hasn't been a anything that's teased five stars in that tournament yet. And it's still not something that WWE could produce. They just wouldn't. Mm. And, you know, that, that's like one example of which there are loads. And, and that's part of the reason, I'm not going to stray into this conversation too much, that's the reason why we hold AEW to such a high standard. Oh, and, indeed. Because we indeed. know what it's capable of. I should mention, by the way, this is the year that the two of you got to go to two different AEW shows, one in the UK and one in the US, of course. Mm. Indeed, I will talk about that imminently, but I need to talk about this match quality. And I need to talk about certain moments in this match that made me realise, you know, you have to keep your perspective on just how special this is, even when it's cold, how special it is. I'm going to run through certain moments in certain matches, right? You have Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., which in and of itself was just wonderful before the bell rang. The idea that this could happen, the idea that there's an audience for it, the idea that there's a wrestling promoter who just wants to have, just wants to give one of his top stars, one of his most trusted lieutenants, his career match that he's wanted for ever, and that technical wrestling purists have just had it in their mind's eye, in their pipe dreams, and he delivered it, mm -hmm. and it was absolutely incredible, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching Brian Danielson bridge out of a hammerlock, and then realize, oh, I can't do that, actually, my arms are still really, like, in a state of disrepair. Like, it just don't get that level of technique, that level of immersion, that level of strategy, that level of chess playing anywhere else in mm. professional wrestling. And they delivered it, and that match was fantastic. I saw Zack Sabre Jr. take a dragon screw, and it looked very much like those horror, you know, like in football when you go like studs up and like, yeah. like they can kind of walk it off. The worst ones are when like you, a, a part of your leg moves in a different part of the other, and it looks innocuous compared to like the fibula breaks. But you think, oh no, that's twelve months out. Oh, Christ Almighty. I watched Zack Sabre move his leg like that <laughs> and carry on wrestling. Selling, obviously, but yeah. you know, he wasn't in, like, How did he do that? How did you do it? <laughs> oh, Swerve Strickland and Hangman Page have the most violent mainstream match in the history of North American professional wrestling. It turned me into a bloodthirsty uh, animal. MJF and Brian Danielson, the last 10 minutes, the fans were chanting, fight forever. When they weren't fighting, they were just selling. You ever seen? Actually, I'm gonna, I've told you, I'm going to put you through this. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Bad Blood, 48 minutes, <laughs> so and they hot. spend so much of it lying down. Mm -hmm. The idea being, I know what really counts about wrestling, uh, you know what really makes the magic, uh, you know how you get the people, uh, is the spaces between moves. They push that to the limit. They just lie down. <laughs> Put a ladder and a table in there, in a, in a, in a cell. They're just, lying, <laughs> they're just lying down as well for yeah. so long. MGF and Danielson were just selling exhausted on the mat. The difference is they actually had them. They were trying to fight forever. They were just selling. They just wanted to see them sell. They wanted to see them do this match. That was the oxygen match. mask match, wasn't Absolutely it? incredible prestige drama to your twist. I do not care how pretentious that sounds. You were watching MGF in that moment, locked in the label lock, thinking, there is absolutely no possible way he comes back and wins this. That's just none. Mm. And then they introduce the way with which he wins after the fact because no one would ever see that coming. That's the level of thought. That's the difference. Name something in a WWE match this year where they had the same level of, like, that is ingenious storytelling that just it's, does not compare. It does not compare. At its very best, This even in, like, the smaller matches, you'll see a character moment. You'll see a spot where you think, f***ing hell. Like, the level of thought that goes into that's unbelievable. Like, I'm not even as big a fan as a character, 
find the idea that he's the sort of mental manipulator slash supernatural adjacent guy a little bit cringeworthy. Malachi Black having the ladder against the ropes, moving the ropes to move the ladder. So, all right, okay, you've actually become a spooky, you're a poltergeist. <laughs> That's a genuinely amazing character where you can actually manipulate things to your will, which you tr you've tried, I think. I don't even know what you're talking about half the time. But I think you're trying to convey that over the past three years of your career, and you've managed it in the context of a professional wrestling match. It's just... And I hate how I'm praising to the hilt the wrestlers in the wrestling matches because in 2021, I used to like the, the narrative ingenuity. We used to be just unparalleled. That's gone, and that is sad. But where it really matters, and I'd love to anticipate it more. I'd love to luxuriate knowing that something like that was coming. And I've missed that sensation, that feeling of, I like, I used to spend those weeks before the pay-per-view like, come on, let's go. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Knowing I was going to get that, I still get it, but mainly in the in the in the matches, not the storylines. Yeah, uh, like uh, uh, it's that feeling that I want more sometimes than the matches, and I think a lot of where AEW has suffered this year is because there's been a lack of anticipation. The matches are a thrill in the moment, and then like they don't linger as long in the memory. We're here at the end of the year, and I think one of the biggest. One of the biggest strikes against AEW in the second half of this year has been everything MJF's been doing. And I would say that's pretty much been from the end of the Adam Cole match at Wembley onwards. So that was like, what, the end of August? So you got September, October, November, December. That's like four months out of this year where people have been extremely critical of MJF. And I think that does such a disservice to the prior eight months. Mm -hmm. It struck me that he was one of the reasons why he was hitting you so hard with the, I had the best this, I had the best that, I had the best this, I had the best that. It's because it was pretty true. Like it was a, like you could back it up. At worst, arguable was something like the four way at double or nothing, right? But we came out of that show and it was the first thing Miller said. I think that's the best four way match I've ever seen. That wasn't, you know, he wasn't sort of privy to what MJF was going to add into a promo on Wednesday night. That was just what he felt in the moment. And there was a lot of people in the building that, agree, you know, f agreed based on the noise that they were making. And that is like by any measure, eight months of the year where you've been the world champion, where you've been a prodigy really based on your age mm -hmm. and where you're taking on these people kind of at their own game and you're being asked to be a company leader in the wake of like a back half of 2022 that was just had a cloud over it and mm -hmm. all, like all of the things working against MJF title, not least the fact that Punk was the guy that was supposed to get him there and split. Like all I'm saying is MJF had to do that without CM Punk and he did it with a John Moxley that wasn't super enthusiastic either. And yet he went on to have this fantastic year and then all of a sudden, like, it's just a load of bollocks, like, that you read all the time about, he's got too much power over his storyline, he's got too much creative direction. I, I'm not going to argue that a couple of things haven't been missteps. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I enjoyed it more than consensus, but I acknowledge the big failings of the full game main event, for example. And yet, like, his body of work across those eight months, like, stand, for his age and his experience level and mm -hmm. as a champion, stands up against virtually anybody's his age I can think of in wrestling history and again because you're watching what is predominantly a cold product what is has never felt more like the challenger brand like challenge is supposed to be exciting it is actually making a run at the market leader and it's not really doing that right now at like 2023 mjf will age phenomenally mm. well like Shawn michaels didn't draw in 1996 either and you go back and you watch his matches and they kick ass you know and mjf's iron man match is going to be rewatched. the fatal four-way is going to be rewatched. the adam cole match is going to be rewatched, and people will just remember the highs of that storyline mm. and how the tension made them feel it has just been a big contributing factor in a product gone cold 
that I just think he's taken far too many knocks for, personally. Mm. I just, like More of the year has been awesome than bad, but we are where we are right now, and it's like, he's, he's killed it. MGF has killed it. On MGF, and going back to your question, or segue, about going to see the shows live, MGF versus Adam Cole was in some way... It wasn't just like a great match. It wasn't just this universally really popular, dramatic match where not just Andy Murray, there's someone I follow on Twitter who vast, like profoundly hates that sort of thing, but went and it was like, well, that was amazing to watch it live. Mm -hmm. Even though on television, I would have hated it. I thought that was a masterpiece because they had ostensibly, it's all very, uh, you know, up for debate, but they had ostensibly what they thought at the time, the most people who had paid money willingly to watch a live wrestling show ever. And whether it was just a lovely byproduct of the particular particular storyline they told, or whether the storyline was told for this grand purpose, they crafted this match that thought, right, we've got the, genuinely the biggest soundscape ever. We could get the loudest responses ever because they're the most people in one building ever. How do we get them to make every single noise? Mm. People literally piss themselves laughing at the banter exchanges at the start when they were just mocking each other. Like the wrestling equivalent of like, uh, I haven't your head square as f*** mate. But like they were like wrestling, yeah. like taking the piss out of each other. Re- banter as wrestling. And then these sort of like, ooh, Adam Cole, you prick. You're doing a brain buster on the stairs. Like you had those gasps. You had like, again, Bryce Remsburg, wonderful oh. slapstick guy. He passed out mid-count. Passed out mid-count, taking a Canadian destroyer, yet more laughter. These super violent spots where it's like, oof. These like, ah, oh, near falls, because they were incredible as well. Like, they crafted this match. And this underscores that MGF is a genius, and he knows what he's doing. I would argue that is it's a noble failure. His quest to get reactions to make... Like, get the crowd to make noise. He sort of missed a step and went, if I do this, it will condition the fans to go yay or chant what I'm about to do. I think he's missed that emotional layer with the kangaroo kick, for example. Mm. But in terms of how can I drive an emotional response um, from an audience, and he can measure the success of that by volume, that's crowd psychology, Like that all-in main event was special. I don't think he gets enough credit mm. for that. And what a, it was just what a time to be there mm. as well. And then Kenny Omega didn't work friggin' singles match. Like, what are we doing? It was a it was a dynamite ass match. <laughs> I said it was a dynamite ass match. Has anyone can anyone remember it? Yeah. Did it even get that loud a reaction? In the moment, I'm I'm thinking I'm watching Kenny Omega live, and he's just in a Terminator dive, and it's so spectacular the arc that I'm not even looking at the screen. I'm just watching him. Oh, this is really fun. Will that trouble anyone's match of the air list? Would it, did it come at the expense of something that truly could have been magical? Yeah, no, yes. Not to double down on the negativity. I know it's a good vibes, but I just want to illustrate a point with that. When I was on about how good, great... Piss even, off anyone who disagreed with me on that. But good and even great just, matches. You were just objectively wrong. Good and even great and matches you just can be lost to bad booking. Beholden to initials. Can you make yeah, an absolute was, mark tribalist? That was the first... That was, a, <laughs> that was the first of two well-worked... Defeats to Takeshita. Yeah. Who wasn't followed up on. So all of that's lost. <laughs> like all of that was for now over the space of two weeks, two massive defeats, two pinfall wins over Kenny Omega. They didn't follow up on the Takeshita push. So even if the all out match, which I thought was overrated, but a lot of people liked it, even if that was the one, it hasn't served Takeshita. It hasn't served its mm. purpose. So again, the good wrestling is for naught. We'll like, never. That's not, not 100% true. 
my opinion. But we will get over this one day. We will get over this <laughs> Kenny Omega no singles match at Wembley one day. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Feed me something nice to say. Well, I was just going to ask you too about the experience, you know, the, the fantastic matches, your, your MJF, Adam Coles, your CM Punk, Samoa Joe. Uh, yeah. But the experience of watching wrestling at Wembley and even to, even singing Judas, for example, what was all that like? Well, there's <laughs> better to be positive vibes. It's the one miserable twat in the <laughs> oh, entire no. stadium, despite previously saying, oh, you know, Hamlet's got a, uh, the same relationship that a lot of people have with Chris Jericho, right? Where it's like, go with half the time, you've outlived your usefulness, the other half, okay? Maybe it's 70-30 for Michael Hamlet. Yeah. Even he was like, oh, I can't wait to sing Judas. Maybe it's because we sang our own lyrics and as an in-joke yeah, with, with the boys. And then he did Freddie Mercury and Hamlet was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm absolutely yeah. stressful. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, like, and it's weird again, AW's in the place sim right now. We don't talk about enough that they're as good as through the biggest house ever. Like, I know Brent Council have got the stats and whatever. It's good enough. It is absolutely good enough to call Even if no one, even if a certain people didn't actually end up going through the turnstiles, they're still paid for the ticket. Yeah. And the fact they're going back next year as well as volumes. Sales have started well. Yeah. Like sales have surprised people. There is still a hunger for AEW in this country at least. There is still a hunger for the feeling of the big day out, the big stadium wrestling show. They've absolutely captured it. I want to go. <laughs> well, like so I was making comparisons in the summer that so WWE ran SummerSlam in 1992 and by January they were running Raw at the Manhattan Center and it, the trends felt very similar. You go to a market that is starving for your product and of course they're going to spend big. I think that's been proven wrong by next year's 
or like 2024s yeah. all in. They might have to start doing Manhattan Center scale dynamites, but like the market is still bigger. WWE 93 weren't running Wembley again. They were running the Whitley Bay Ice Rink. They were running, you know. I the, went to the Whitley Bay Ice Rink. Like it was, they weren't getting to do Wembley again. AEW is Red still. Red versus Ric Flair. Oh my God. Like there was still, let's do a 30 minute podcast on that, please. <laughs> it was, they're still healthy some enough. Chops. Like still healthy enough, still uh, like interesting enough for people to want to uh, take a look and mm. see what's going on. The roster is so big, and obviously that's got its own flaws and problems, but it's still so big and vast that people can fantasy book enough things for a stadium setting, as we've been doing, about, well, this time they won't. Like, Kenny will get a singles, and it'll be against so-and-so. Danielson will do what? McGinnis coming out of retirement. There's enough things yeah, already yeah. to pick at. Uh, and that sh- that's like shows me that the heart's still beating. Like, yeah, if you're not fantasy booking, you've got a big problem. If you're not excited to pay for wrestlers in person, you've got a big, big problem. Vegas is a tricky one, right? So me and Sage could give you well more than half an hour of good vibes on what an amazing time we had visiting Las Vegas for pro wrestling. Unfortunately, what we also saw firsthand was a product that had gone cold. So it's a bit of a tricky one to match up. You can have a brilliant time at Double or Nothing. We come out the show, immediately you log on Twitter, consensus, worst AWP pay for you ever. <laughs> so it's a tricky one, uh, yeah. tricky circle to square that, but certainly Wembley was was all of it. Wembley was absolutely all of it. Um, I hope next year, because I think this audience here in the UK is clearly more valuable than ever at this point, I hope that card is trapped with a little bit more respect than it was, because we know we're getting the all-in, all-out doubler again. Like, prioritise us this time around. I think that, like, learn that lesson and get it right this time. I think there was high hopes for uh, All In at Wembley. I think people may misremember the build to to, to Hangman Page and Swerve. I don't think there was such... No one was going into it saying this is going to be the best Texas death match ever, was it? I think Mox and, and people like that had kind of had that on lock. And then... What that had a lot got, to live up to, certainly. Yeah, what we got at Full Gear was, was mind-blowing. I just have... You just... There's nothing like... Watching something unfold, knowing that they've nailed this. Let's just strap in. This is amazing. You don't even think about it. You just get consumed by the bloodlust. Um, uh, it, what does it make you do when you... <laughs> just bleed. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Into, like, into, into his mouth. <laughs> like, they just set that tone of, right, I'm going to kill you. Well... Tough titties, mate. I can't die. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you're trying to do. I'll state myself. Yeah. I, I can't. I want to kill you. Oh, I won't die then. Like, okay, let's have a race to the death. And I guess who's gonna who's gonna die? It was just absolutely unbelievable. And again, because that match, and again, like, you, it's too easy to lose perspective. I have to remind myself how special this promotion still is. Right? It's so easy to lose perspective, and maybe this is a result of excess as well. Uh, maybe it's not my fault. Maybe there is some, you know, blame to be portioned to AEW. But because that Texas death match is the the one time you think in your head of, right, AEW blood, oh, that match is just unbelievable, right? And it was the best violent match of AEW of the year. Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks was yeah. un-freaking-believable. It's a spot where they're doing dueling stuff with the, with the strap. And Danielson is getting, like, blown away. And he's like, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, he's getting paintbrushed. And then he stands back up. No one can pace a match like Brian Danielson or Kenny Omega. And that was one of Brian Danielson's best ever individual performances for me. And then he, he looks like, right, okay, Starks is going to win this. And then he rises up and you just, like, think, how can you come back from this? And then he just tars him, tars him, tars him. And the finish, it's like, it just shouldn't be possible. That's the thing. AEW is so good that it takes the piss 
and it shouldn't even be that good. They shouldn't be able to justify it. They shouldn't be able to earn it. Ricky Starks sold in that strap-assisted lapel lock, was it? Mm-hmm. Like, he was getting, like, disemboweled in a zombie movie. That His face was like, I'm dead. I'm going to die in this moment. It's like, it's wrestling. You're not. You're just going to like pretend to be passed out. You can't do that if there's not something still special, like, unparalleled. We use goated as a piss take. On some level, even in 2023, All Elite Wrestling delivered some of the greatest of all time professional wrestling moments and performances. Still fighting for this title. Ten minutes left. We'll try and cram in as much as we possibly can. Apologies if we missed it out. Let us know in the comments what we've blatantly missed out. You wrote a list of the ten best wrestlers of the year for whatculture.com. One of the names on that list was Timeless Tony Storm. I think she's had a brilliant year. Again, somebody that I think is drawing criticism at the moment because it's reflective of a direction that AEW has taken. I understand the criticisms towards the character, but I welcome more ambition in the likes of a timeless Tony Storm. She, this year alone, has secured her place as the in-ring ace of AEW's women's division and, like, the greatest AEW women's champion ever, I think, and on match quality alone. And often that's all the women get to work off because so few of them get characters and stories. Like, that match quality matters. Probably more in the women's division than it does anywhere else in AEW. She was doing all that. Uh, nobody liked the outcasts. I know, kind of funny, actually. But, like, nobody really liked them. <laughs> and Tony Storm had great matches in spite of this. So, very, very worst. Love your top three. Uh, kangaroo Kick, Outcasts, <laughs> Timeless Tony Storm. Three. <laughs> AW. Still absolutely fine. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, like, yeah, this character. Before Luther, the this, butler. We've both talked about <laughs> Luther. Yeah. Where me and Sid agree on Timeless Tony Storm is that the character has to exist first and foremost within the context of a wrestling show. Yes. And it has veered too far away from that. This, like, But I really think, especially since she's won the title, they've got back. That belt has drawn her back in. She might be toasting it like she's won an Oscar, but film-based character. Only film stuff. You know, when you're just making silent movies, when you're just... And it was a cute idea to fill like an ad break instead of a chin lock. So I like that. I like that as an ad. Like, be creative. Try these things. It's like everybody knows you're throwing at the ad break. Even if you're watching on fight, like, you know, go on the ad break. I didn't. Well, the match slows. I'm an idiot. I'm half But away. the match slows down, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why not try something else? This character's really generating some buzz. It's getting over. It's selling T-shirts. The quarter hours are good. Why not try that? It didn't work that well. People, like, give it a, give it pelters, really. But it was absolutely worth a try. Because, again, like, AEW should still be the place where you take a few creative risks, even if some of them fail. The matches, I know Trey Gate will hang around the neck of Tony Storm for a while, but I think she's recovered that already on television. I think it's given life to the Mariah May introduction, which, again, is one of the better introductions of a woman in AEW history. Like, I keep saying AEW history, but when we talk about the women's events, it's just not that much has been made. So for Mariah May to get this like arc before she's had a match and had the opportunity to lose four matches and get a TBS title shot. It's quite <laughs> amazing. Like I, th- I have high hopes for where all that pays off because we will care so much more when we get there. And that is head on identifying a massive problem. So that's growth. That's for me, like objective and measurable growth for uh, like, like small mercies, but measurable growth for a division that has needed it since day dot. They haven't got a Britt Baker hot hand right now, mm. but Timeless Stony Storm is a very unique one and one that continues to be worth going with. To once again portray the fact that we are philosophical mortal enemies about professional <laughs> wrestling, to put over someone in the women's division, for me, through the body of work in the professional wrestling matches, was uh, Chris Statlander. Mm. Like, the, two, the last two or three minutes of her collision match with Britt Baker, like, 
trended towards like masterpiece. Like, how can you create so much drama when you know for a fact there's no title switch coming? You just kind of know for a fact. They delivered that magic wrestling feeling of switch your brain off, feel it in your gut, any rationale of, oh, what does the booking follow after this? Turn that off because you've got no choice. They've like completely locked you into the drama. And Statlander had Jade Cargill's best match, Britt Baker's best match in what, a year, two years since the last one was Statlander. She was the um, right opponent at exactly the right time for Julia Hart as well. Julia yeah. Hart's had a great year, but she needed yeah. a Chris Statlander as part That's of the That's A stuff. That's yeah. A stuff. She carried a lot of people to her best, to their best matches. She, it wasn't the most spectacular television. In fact, it was pretty much right. Just have a, have some women wrestle you. Cool, really inspiring. <laughs> but she transcended it, in my opinion. I thought she was an excellent champion. Amazing year for, for Christian Cage as well. And I'm going to mention a name, and if you don't like it, cry me a river. Uh, but we loved the final burial with, with Jungle Boy, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One thing on Jungle Boy, right? I think this guy's made one mistake in his career compared to several by the other guy in that situation. 20 more years at it, like. I just think he's... Gets, he's this situation was already untenable yeah. before Jack Perry was banned from doing something on Collision. Somebody was going to do a thing and a thing was going to happen. And Someone was going to upset Jack Perry him. He was, looking for, he was looking for a way out. Yeah. I think the lad has been unfairly maligned. As far as I'm concerned, he's never been reckless. I don't know. Maybe he's laid in a stiff shot. He's got... I, I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be speaking it from the perspective of like a, a worker who would know. Mm. Who would be the judge of who's good to work with. That's really not for me to say. But I don't think he's injured anyone. I think he's made one mistake when a young lad has had all of this pressure in his own career. He's had all this volatile stuff going on elsewhere. The guy's done one thing wrong, and now he's like an absolute like sacrificial lamb for the discourse. And I just want to say, I think that is kind of unfair. He deserves, deserves every chance to sort of win people back. I th he'll be sending the punker a Christmas card next year because he's going to be the most relevant he's ever been when he comes back. There's going to be such heat and tension around his return. If you really think about, like, where did it all happen? It happened on a pre-show. That act was bad. That entrance music did not work. Like, the heel turn was failing. The Jungle Boy babyface turn had failed. Like, we were in Vegas. He was getting booed. We were shocked, weren't we? It's like, Christ, I hate Jungle Boy, mind. It was, he was not having a good year. This will benefit him. Wrestling's weird like that. This will benefit him long term. He probably wouldn't have gone away. He'd have just been in the collision, rampage, dynamite rotation. Like, what was he doing? You know, like, what was he doing before? Mm. He was feeding him a hook again. I'm going to say one nice thing about him. The coffee match was, you know, was amazing. Positive vibes and all the rest of it. <laughs> before, I, I'm going to say one more thing about that before I say nice things about Jack Perry in that match because it was unbelievable and revolution in general. Is that it's the office joke, right? When you know when David Brent has got the lodger, who's his mate's daughter, yeah. and they're all being, it's the old boys club, and it's mm -hmm. horrible, and they're all doing, like, innuendos about, like, um, police and sexual stuff. And the one person at the end says something that's a little bit worse, right? And then Brent's like, go on, get out. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Or it's like when you're the person who laughs at the, guy, at the person in the classroom, I'm sure everyone's been there, right? You're the person who laughs at the joke that shouldn't be said, but is said in the classroom, and you're the one who gets sent to the back. Like, Jungle Boy was the last person to do the thing that... And the authority figures just change the rules. Out and, yes. and you can't work with that, like when somebody changes yes. the rules on you. Mm -hmm. But Jack Perry was the, is like the last person to do it. It's like, all right, okay, away with you. Okay. It just, it's, I just felt a little bit sorry for him. But the coffin match was unbelievable. 
And frankly, Christian Cage was the best thing about it. <laughs> His performance was just, he, he's, you know, you know, no. you know, he's too good at being a heel. And I've spoken a lot, just in a general sense, that wrestling's chasing something that is unrecoverable in terms of heat. Because it's reached the point now where if you're so good at being a heel, like you just completely defeat the object, not by yourself, not on purpose, but you're just so good that fans think, oh, you're good. Like, yeah. I really respect you, disgusting man who who loves the fact that your dad's dead. You know Boo, what I mean? you're good at your job. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> like, you couldn't have done more to try and sort of arrest that trend. He just wrestled like a rat, a cockroach, didn't do anything on offense, didn't have a long control period. Just right, okay, your legs, I can sweep them from that position. Or I can gouge your eyes out. I can throw soil at you. Just the most ultimate, classic... Underhand tactics of I'm getting nothing in this match. I can only stop you. I can't control you. I can't beat you up. I can only stop you. Like a bit Savage Warrior from WrestleMania 7 mm. in terms of the layout. Very different match, but philosophically, structurally not too different. Just Christian Cage has been absolutely sensational. Um, his comedic timing, his presence, his just his look, the way he lays out these matches where it's just so you just need chops, just need to get his stuff in. And again, I don't want to be Rip Rogers, but like when you see Christian Cage operate in the way that he does, you think more people should learn how to be as clever as that. Mm. Maybe you can't, maybe he is one in mm. a million. Right, 60 seconds left. Let's do some honorable mentions. Uh, FTR versus Bullet Club Gold with one of the best tag team matches of the year. Really, really great. Weird again about the churn, how it gets forgotten. Really great. Really great. Can you make Bit too self-conscious, but... Kenny Carry on, something good, something good. Uh, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, again, obviously match of the year candidate. I've seen the be three of the best near falls you will ever see in one match. Hmm. I, it's Ken that's Kenny Omega, he's just a total genius. Uh, I wasn't expecting to put in before, we, before it happened. Like a Dragon Gate street fight. Unbelievable. It's so fun. Paul Actual AW Punk. magic, that. Yeah, good corporate, good corporate synergy. It's hard yeah. to master. And Samoa Joe, what a year for Samoa Joe. Uh, and like a turnaround of a year as well. Nobody was asking for much more Smojo than they were being given at the end of 2020. it as well. Yeah. For like, the, for like it's like the, what's the, what they call it? The golden handshake, the golden watch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When you give like uh, the director award for the aviator, we should have won it for Goodfellas <laughs> or whatever it was. Um, I want more thing as well. Just one of the most clever uh, wrestling spot ideas I've ever seen when Mac Jackson hit John Moxley in the face with the exploding sneaker. It just would oh, take a genius to come up with something like that. Anything else? I think we've covered it. If we <laughs> if we uh, have so the timeless Tony Storm, kangaroo kicks, Luther, <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, I like to when uh, Roddy the outcast when Roddy Sorry. Strong shouts his name. Roderick Strong, Adam, yeah. uh, number one with a bullet, the giraffe. Actually, oh, Sam Punk's collision promo when he came back. Like one bill, Phil, in a business full of counterfeit books. What a like, like what a pop. The thing about that is that he, he struck the match and he was stood there with the match. Burning his fingers, just ready to go. This entire show. The Outrunners. Almost forgot to mention them. Good. Love the Outrunners. Tell them, Turb. Uh, oh, Brody King. Brody King. Of course, yes. Coolest member of the House of Black. And the Continental Classic, which we'll talk more about. Can you make it for Kingo? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for Kingo. I forgot about it. Make his best match this year for me. Uh, let us know what else we missed out in the comment section below or on Twitter or uh, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... 
M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts because we're doing this for the main roster of WWE and for NXT, of oh, course. Oh, well. uh, <laughs> very soon. Uh, but for now, this has been AW's year in review. My thanks to Havlet Sidgwick, to our brilliant producer, Adam Nicholas. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.